Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hi, everyone, and welcome to DevRaga Personal Finance, episode 99. And this is the last episode in the series of tax deductions, particularly with a work focus. Now, there is an episode coming up in the future about deductions in relation to property expenses and investment properties, so stay tuned for that. But in this episode, we'll focus on lesser known deductions, such as ATO interest, cost of managing tax affairs, and more. So I think it'll be interesting for a lot of listeners out there. For those of you that are new to this channel, the aim is to educate, empower and entertain. Disclaimer, I'm not a financial advisor, I'm not an accountant, I'm not a lawyer, nor am I a financial planner. Make sure you take any financial decisions you want to make to your appropriate advisors. But if you're stuck on some broad principles and concepts, here are some simple steps to get you on the right track when it comes to saving, investing and personal finance in general. In my humble view, there are five easy steps which anybody could follow. Step fun is pay yourself first. Take 20% of after-tax money and put it aside. That is your money, never to be touched, never to be spent. Step two is invest that money, ideally into something that you understand or want to understand. For me, I understand the Australian stock market and index funds, so I just invest in Australian index funds. Step three is reinvest those dividends. The power of compounding of those reinvestments over the long term is absolutely phenomenal. Step four, do it for the long term, not five, 10 or 15 years. That's not long term in my humble view. Do it for 20, 30 or 40 plus years. And step five is always try and automate the investments. The more likely that you follow the automation process, the more likely that you're going to follow the plan and less likely that something is going to go wrong. Now, if you did those five simple steps, you're more likely to have more money than you'll ever need. Now, remember, money is just a tool. It doesn't bring happiness. Use it as a tool to make your life better, but most importantly, use it as a tool to make the lives of people around you a lot better. Now to the main topic. In this episode, we discuss some of the lesser known tax deductions, which you might be eligible for. And as always, please check with your accountant. Now, I guess in terms of fringe sort of deductions, I guess, in a way, um, we have to think about uh, ATO charging you interest. So I guess when would ATO charge you interest and when would that be deductible when it comes to your taxation? Now, ATO will charge interest um, if you have late payment on your taxes or if you have uh, any penalties that you haven't paid on time. They will also charge you interest on any increases in your tax liability due to amendments and also if you underestimate your taxes, particularly on purpose, and subsequently it turns out it's way under what it should be, the ATO will come after you and are there lost money and then some. So be careful. So in terms of the ATO, they're pretty rigid. Um, so if you have any penalties or if you have any ATO debt, then they won't hesitate to charge you interest on that. 
So I guess ATO charges, are they deductible? Is the interest on that deductible? Now, this is a very complex topic, and it really depends on the types of interest charged, whether it can be claimed as a deduction and whether it needs to be included in the assessable income. So remember that the ATO can charge you interest on penalties and debts that you owe the ATO, but sometimes the ATO may owe you debt. So you can then charge interest or they will pay some basic interest for any money that they might owe you, which is very interesting. To be honest, that's not a common situation. The most common situation is that, you know, people owe the money to ATO. So the ATO, when you do your tax return in the My Tax section, uh, pre-fills the interest um, section there. And if it's prepared by the accountant, they should have access to it as well. So next time you do the taxes, um, pay attention to that. And it is up to the individual and it's up to the accountants to check to make sure the pre-filled interest data is actually accurate. Now, like always, the ATO don't take much responsibility. It is up to the um, individual and it is up to the accountant to take that responsibility. In fact, your accountant will probably ask you to take that responsibility um, because you know, you're the person ultimately responsible. So what are the types of interest um, data that is included in the My Tax form? Uh, general interest charge, now that's a tax deduction. Um, so if you have to pay a general interest charge to your tax debts or your penalties, then you can claim that as a deduction in your taxation. Shortfall interest charge, that is also a deduction. Um, so if you haven't paid enough tax and the ATO come after you as a debt, then the interest on that debt is actually deductible. Again, check with your accountant. This is all going by the ATO's website. Late payment interest. So if you have an ATO debt and you paid it late, then the ATO will charge you interest. And that interest, as far as I'm aware, is also tax deductible. Now, there's something called interest on early payment. Now, in your return, you need to claim the interest as paid by the ATO in that. And this also goes for interest on overpayment. In your return, you need to do the same thing. And also delayed refund interest. And again, in your return, you need to claim it as an interest paid by the ATO. This is a reverse of the ATO owes you money. Now, in terms of interest calculation, there are various formulas. Uh, I'll leave it up to the experts to determine that. So you need to go to your accountant or liaise with the ATO for that. But you need to be aware that if the ATO charges you interest, um, overall, you may be eligible to claim a tax deduction. Now, remember, if you get charged interest, even if you claim a deduction, you still lose money. So don't wait until the ATO charge you interest on your debts. Play your taxes properly. Don't even allow them to, you know, raise a debt on your ATO, um, you know, uh, on your ATO taxation. I mean, it's just a nightmare and it's just an unnecessary risk. Uh, just pay your taxes on time. It's a lot easier and it's a lot simpler to do that than having to just let them send you debt bills and then potentially charge you interest on that. From my understanding, in terms of the ATO interest charge, I think it's about 7%. So it's significant. So it's just not worth the risk not paying your taxes or trying to delay them as much as you possibly can. Um, you know, I know some people try and do that and they think that they can invest that money and then make more money and then pay the ATO back and earn more than 7%. In my opinion, that's just risky. You're just playing with fire. Now, 
The next tax deduction that I'm sure a lot of people are aware of is the cost of managing tax affairs. So your accountant will charge you, you know, their charges to do your taxes and do your yearly, you know, BAS statements or quarterly BAS statements. All of those charges are actually tax deductible. And it's fairly obvious. So your accountant fees, your BAS statements, your yearly fees or whatever structures you may have is all tax deductible. Now this includes preparing and lodging tax returns, uh, any travel associated with getting tax advice, legal fee costs, so if you need to go to court to fight charges, the barrister fees, the solicitor fees, the tribunal fees, the court fees, so all of that is tax deductible. Um, this is interesting, tax return preparation courses, and I suspect this is only for people that do their own taxes, otherwise why would you do a tax return preparation course, but if you did a course, then that can be tax deductible. Uh, I found this bit really, really interesting. Um, you can actually claim a tax deduction learning about tax returns. So there you go. And I wonder if Devraga podcast episodes count towards those deductions, although these podcasts are free. But um, any software or any related items um, to your taxation or managing your tax affairs is also deductible. Now, you can deduct it in the year that you pay the fees not the year in which you incurred the fees. So if you incurred the fees on June the 30th, 2020, but you paid the fees on July the 1st, then you've got to include it in the 2021 financial year tax returns, not in the 2020 tax returns, okay? Gifts and donations. Um, so a lot of us do a lot of philanthropy and um, donate a lot of money to charities, I'm sure. So all of that is tax deductible. So if you donate to organizations which are registered as deductible gift recipients, that's DGR. Um, so obviously not all charities are DGR, so you need to watch out for that one. A classic example of a non-DGR charity is those home lotteries from Royal Melbourne Hospital or you know the, um, uh, the uh, Multiple Sclerosis Association. They have a lot of these sort of home lotteries and health societies. They are not DGR because by buying a ticket, you are anticipating an expected return in a lottery form. So a donation is when you donate money or you know something to a charity and you don't expect anything in return. So those home lotteries, because you are expecting something in return, that is not tax deductible. Crowdfunding campaigns is another example, is not tax deductible. So if you donate to a worthy cause via a crowdfunding campaign, it's not tax deductible, even if that campaign is worthy, because that campaign is not DGR. Um, again, this is a common mistake that a lot of people do. So be careful when you do crowdfunding campaigns in the hope of deducting those expenses. Now, anything that is of monetary value can be claimed as a deduction, provided you have a value attached to it. So shares, if you donate shares, if you donate money, if you donate cash, if you donate property or an item, um, and it has to be $2 or above, obviously, for donations. So you don't have to donate just cash or money. You can donate property, you can donate shares, you can donate bonds. As long as you have a monetary value attached to them and you need to come up with that value, it's got to be reasonable. So you can't just, you know, donate, you know, shares, you know, actually worth $10,000 and then claim a deduction of $50,000. Um, it's got to be, you know, reasonable and it's got to be at the time of donation. So if you donated shares... And then all of a sudden the share price goes up, you can't retrospectively 
say, oh, you know, those shares are worth hundreds of thousands of dollars, but I donated it when it was only about $10,000. Well, too bad. That's just the way it is. It's the time of donation that counts. Now, this is an interesting thing. What about political campaign donations? Are they claimable? Now, in uh, Victoria, and I think most of Australia, I might be wrong, we've gone through some local council elections, so there's a lot of political campaign donations that were being done. And of course, we've had, you know, the North American, uh, the American elections uh, just a couple of weeks ago. So, you know, a lot of a lot of political campaign donations, a lot of money flows through this. Is that claimable? Well, in some circumstances, yes. And that includes membership to the political party, too. Um, usually there's a $1,500 limit to each political party that you're assigned to. And you can only donate about 1500 bucks which is limited per candidate. So you need to keep your receipts. I don't think you can just donate hundreds of thousands of dollars and claim a campaign deductions or you know a donation to a member in terms of their re-election campaign. So again, run it past your accountant. Um, you know, I think it's important to you know if you're eligible for a political campaign donation deduction, then yeah, I think you should claim it. Uh, but a lot of people think that you can just you know donate tens of thousands of dollars. Um, to political campaigns as a ways of minimising your tax uh, liability. Um, and I don't think it's as easy as that. So some items, though, which you can't claim. Um, so some of them uh, I have been asked about private messages. School building funds. This is a very, very common question, believe it or not. So a lot of private schools end up sending um, school fees um, for your kids. And then you'll notice... At the bottom, it might say, you know, uh, accepted donation for school building fund, and it might have, you know, $100 or $200, whatever. Now, that's a voluntary donation. That's not compulsory, um, and that's not tax deductible. So um, it's actually a very common thing that a lot of private schools do. So be aware of that. Just because you donate to a building fund, um, it is not tax deductible. Any gifts to family and friends? Um, Christmas uh, gifts, birthday gifts, they're not tax deductible. Um, you can't just, you know, kind of buy a car for your uh, partner and say that you want to donate the car as a gift, but then claim it as a deduction. Um, so uh, I'm sure this has come across some people's minds. It's not deductible. That's dodgy. Any donations under a will, that is not tax deductible. Um, any donations under a salary sacrifice agreement, that is not tax deductible. And any fundraising dinners, even if it's political. So this is where it gets a bit tricky. You can, ca you can contribute to a political campaign or a candidate, but you can't, you know, if you spend money to attend their fundraising dinner, then that is not actually claimable. So, um, yeah, you've got to be careful and, again, check with your accountant. What about other deductions, such as investment income? So generally speaking, uh, and I will go into um, sort of, uh, you know, rental properties a little bit in this episode, but I'll have a separate episode for that. But generally, principles are if you have expenses associated with earning an investment income, dividend or earning interest, then you can claim a deduction. So for example, any fees associated with cash management accounts are claimable. If you borrowed money to invest in shares or property, then the interest and associated fees with that borrowing is claimable as a deduction. Uh, and this is because you're borrowing money to invest in an asset which earns an income. So I'll go into property expense details 
again in detail with a future episode, um, and I will talk about it a little bit in this episode, but we won't go into it in any detail. What about fees associated with financial advice? Tricky. Now, you may be allowed to claim if you have to pay a fee to change the mix of your investments or pay a retainer for managing the assets uh, and any travel expenses in relation to this. So specialist investment journals or subscriptions, borrowing costs, interest Mm -hmm. costs, internet Mm -hmm. costs, um, the decline in value as per usual, computers and tech products, all of that will be claimable. So, um, so I think it's important for you to keep all the receipts associated with um, any costs associated with your financial advisor. Rental properties, again, another episode on this specifically coming up in the future, but let's discuss this very, very briefly. Um, you should be able to claim interest on borrowings and any fees With respect to rentals, that is declarable income, and usually your rental agent provides a yearly summary, which accounts for all the expenses, including the income. And this income can be offset against any losses, such as interest on borrowings. Um, There is also a whole other side of depreciation too. You may be able to depreciate your rental properties based on the schedule. And if you have a rental property and haven't done a depreciation schedule, make sure you do it because it's deductions you may be able to claim and you may be entitled to it. So depreciation schedule, I think, is really important, particularly for the new new sort of buildings because there's a lot of new things that just depreciates rapidly in value, particularly in the first five years of its life cycle. What about deductions for personal super contributions? Um, so remember, you're able to contribute up to $25,000 worth of concessional contributions, which is pre-tax income to your superannuation and that gets preferentially taxed at 15%. uh, And this includes your employer contributions too if you have a salaried job. So suppose your employer contributes to super as much as $10,000 per annum. You can then contribute another $15,000 where you claim it as a deduction to your super before January the 30th of each year. Remember the money needs to land in your super account before uh, uh, before June 30, not Jan 30, beg your pardon, it's June 30. Um, And then you've got to indicate to the ATO that you are claiming a tax deduction of $15,000 in this case, because remember, your employer has already paid you $10,000. So you can only pay the contributions tax of 15% as a result, so it's preferentially taxed as it enters the superannuation account. This is all done by the super company and the ATO conjointly. So that's all sort of automatically calculated in terms of your taxation, etc., Now, the form which needs to be filled out is called Notice of Intent to Claim or Vary a Deduction for Personal Super Contributions, NAT 71121. So you contribute extra into your super to max it out at $25,000, including your employer contributions. Then you've got to tell the ATO that you're claiming a tax deduction, and you can do that by filling out a form. In limited circumstances, you may be able to tax deduct if you have something called a undeducted purchase price, which is usually suitable for foreign pension plans and annuities. And I won't go into too much detail about that because it gets too complex. And I don't think it affects a lot of our listeners anyway. So that's about it for this episode. So we've talked about ATO interest. We've talked about rental properties in brief. We've talked about investment um, costs associated with um, borrowing to invest. We've talked about cost of um, managing your tax affairs. Um, we've also, uh, you know, talked about um, gifts and donations. Uh, we've talked about what sort of deductions are not claimable. And we've also talked about um, personal super contributions in terms of concessional contributions and how to maximize it to 25K and then claim, you know, claim a tax deduction based on that. 
So before I finish up though, if you're really interested on this sort of stuff, you can actually download the My Deductions app from the ATO website. Um, that is an app which is um, you know free, and I believe it's um, very useful for keeping track of deductions. Um, but usually, you know, if you've got an accountant, they do it for you if you provide the relevant receipts and relevant information. Now, generally, though, any principles of any deductions, if you go back to the last, you know, six episodes, including this one, keep receipts, keep meticulous records. Um, most financial records nowadays are digital, which makes it a lot easier to keep records. And My Deductions is just one app which allows for you to do this, um, of course, if you trust the ATO. Um, so, yeah, it's, a, it's an app that's released by the ATO, um, which you can download. So that's about it for this episode, and that concludes my six-part mini-series on deductions. There's plenty of material covered in these episodes, um, and I hope you enjoyed them, and I really enjoyed making it um, for the listeners. I find tax deductions and taxes in general such a dry topic. And to be honest, I don't like doing my taxes. It's something that I dread. It's boring. Luckily, I have my accountant do it all for me, which is fantastic. It's important to learn about what you may be eligible for, what you may not be eligible for, so that you don't push the boundaries with deductions. And, um, you know, general principles are don't borrow money to invest if you're paying too much tax. You know, too much tax means you have a job, which means you have an income, which means you have a great income if you're paying too much tax. And during COVID, that's actually a good thing. So invest for the right reasons. Don't invest just because you want to save on tax. Thank you very much for the questions, likes and comments. Please make sure you give me a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or any podcasting app you're using. It really helps promote the podcast so more people can download and listen to it. So thank you very much. For all of those people that have already done it already, so if you find these episodes useful, go online to Apple or any podcast app and give me a five-star rating. It really does help promote the podcast. Um, and if you really want, leave a review. So far, I've had over 50 um, ratings and multiple reviews, so thank you very much for that. And as promised, creative reviews will be read in an episode live. So I found this one from Apple Podcast from Dr. Bass, B-A-Z, who wrote... I have got more value out of Dev Raga's content than I did during my fellowship. So obviously they're a doctor where you have to do a fellowship in your specialist training. And I think, isn't that the truth? Um, I think financial education, literacy um, and personal finance topics should be taught in medical schools and if possible, all university courses, to be honest, and especially in fellowship training. Plenty of doctors becoming fellows and don't know how to manage their personal finances optimally it's an absolute risk indeed. So Dr. Baz, you're spot on. I agree. I think it should be shared um, as much as you possibly can. Remember to like Devraga Facebook page. Shout out to questions and comments or topic suggestions. Share this channel with family and friends. Uh, I'm available on all major podcasting uh, applications such as Apple Podcast, Anchor, CastBox, Spotify, Google, etc. And remember, always pay yourself first. Take 20% of your after-tax income. That is the basic premise of my entire channel. You need to do that first before you do anything else. And learn about income, learn about deductions. Thank you very much for listening. This is Dev Raga, Personal Finance, Episode 99. And as always, make sure you stay safe. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.